Hey everyone, it's Phil from Semi-Intellectual Musings here. Uh, I have some messages for you before we get into today's show. Uh, today's show is not going to be uh, new content. It's going to be an edited collection of all of our recommendations, kind of like a supercut. And it's similar to what we did for the June bonus, where we put a supercut together of all of our intros. Uh, we got really nice feedback uh, from several folks about that one, so we decided to do it again. Uh, but the first message that I wanted to give to all of you was uh, a huge thank you to our listeners, to everyone who's subscribed to the show, uh, people who have tweeted with us, uh, sent us Facebook messages, liked our Facebook page. Thank you so much. And we also wanted to thank uh, some individuals in particular. Uh, so Cheryl, I uh, wanted to say thank you. Uh, and JP, thank you. Evan, thank you. Uh, Marion, Marion had a birthday recently. So happy birthday, Marion, and thank you. Uh, Alex, Stevie, Mike, Gabby, Justin, she, Rodarius, thank you. Thomas, uh, both Mel's, Mel and Mel, thank you. July, Autumn, Amy, Davis, Davos, Joshua, Nora, DJ Itch7, uh, Cardineros, Ernest, Steve, uh, Roman Metal, uh, CNC Geekast, Distilled Disney, Shake My Head, Tight Ends, Indie Geekast, House of Heal, Matt's mom, everyone who said, yeah, I've listened to all of the episodes so far. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, really means a lot to us. Um, also, our show is supported uh, by Juice in the AM. So here's a message from Juice. Juice here. Do you like music? Do you like film and television? Do you like sports? Do you like random topics and people? If you said no to all of these, Juice in the Morning is not the show for you. If you said yes to at least one of these, check out my show on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's take over the world together, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks a lot, Justin. Uh, you, you put on a great show. Uh, we also wanted to say thank you to the Podern Family Network and the Podmosphere Network. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them on Facebook. It's a great group of podcasters, podcast supporters, networks, uh, really great. Nice to interact with them. They give you lots of feedback, lots of interaction. So thank you to you guys. Uh, keep rocking it. We also have some news. Uh, if you're new here, Matt and his wife uh, were expecting a baby. It was cooking for a bit longer than any, anyone expected. Uh, but uh, he called me to tell me the news the other day. So being the kind of devoted podcast host uh, that I am, and a little bit of a nerd, as well. Uh, I decided to record the call. So, uh, hey, Matt, you didn't know I was doing that. A little creepy, maybe, but uh, I wanted to capture the moment. So I'm not going to be able to do it justice. So I'm, I want to play a clip of that phone call before we get on with the show. All right. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good, man. Uh, so what's new in your world? <laughs> Nothing, man. I'm a father now. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm so happy yeah. for you guys. You're really excited, man. So, uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, I don't know, I gotta, I gotta make a bunch of phone calls, actually, bro, but, uh, um, uh, yeah, man, um, can I give you a call back maybe even tomorrow? Yeah, but, but okay, I, but, but first, everyone's healthy? Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, bro, sorry, my phone's blown up. Um, <laughs> yes, everybody's healthy, Mel, uh, 
Mel had like a maybe four hour long labor. Okay. Like it was uh, from start to finish. Like, uh, and the baby was born at 555, which is great. So five, I know what 555. Her, uh, yeah, I know what her sports number is going to be now. That's she great. Be five or fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you do you have a weigh-in? Yeah, uh, eight pounds nine ounces. Eight pounds nine ounces, baby girl, full head of hair. Everyone's healthy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, are you are you still kind of in shock? I am. Yeah, I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm like feel like I'm also about to shit my pants for no reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a little bit of a mixed bag of emotions, I'd say. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. I uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty wild. Like I, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. I don't even really like. I can't even articulate it. I'm feeling right now. <laughs> well, send yeah. Mel, send Mel, uh, my love and uh, love from my Mel as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, give me a call when uh, when the world stops spinning. <laughs> for sure, man. I'll give you a show tomorrow or something. All right. Well, congratulations again, buddy. All right. So everyone sounds super happy over at the Sanderson house. Wanted to, again, say congratulations to Matt and Mel and family. Uh, Let's get on with today's show, a super cut of our recommendations. And we will be back next week with some new original content uh, that will feature Aaron. And I'm pretty sure Matt is going to come back on the show. So we're going to talk more in depth about this, uh, this whole baby business. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. everybody welcome back uh it's uh matt phil and we've kept mel around for recommendations um matt um you're playing us some tunes right now tell us what we're listening to uh this is one of my favorite bands from back in the day uh they're called delhi to dublin so like new delhi and uh, dublin ireland uh and it's literally that it's a mixture of bangada music um traditional indian music and uh uh, Irish like Celtic music I thought I heard some Celtic yeah. kind of uh, stuff going yeah. on the and then it's also like electronic style so I don't know I like it a lot it's the best of everything basically yeah it totally yeah, reminds me of all recommendations uh, for us today well before i get into those i'm gonna sit, give you the elevator pitch of me so feminist fangirl 
I love pop culture, YA. Uh, I'm wearing a Buffy the Vampire Slayer shirt right now. It's a very nice t-shirt. So just with that in mind, so my first recommendation is Riverdale. And this is very unlike me. Normally, I don't recommend TV shows that are on or very easy to get a hold of. Uh, so it's based on the Archie comics, which I adored when I was a kid. Um, this series reminds me so much of Veronica Mars, which I loved when I was a teenager. And it, it there are so many problems with this show. Oh, my gosh. There are <laughs> lots of, of problematic, quote unquote, things. Logical but it fallacies. is so good. I'm watching it for a second time right now. Wow. So I knew about the first time. I didn't know about. No, it. I've I've been watching it again. That's wow. what I, I was... I've only heard good things about Riverdale, actually. Yeah. Without spoiling it, uh, ten seconds. How did you think it ended? Did you like the ending? Well, actually, the episode you and I Phil watched together wasn't the last episode. The last episode just came out, oh. uh, but we know who the murderer is now. If so, the murderer. Uh, I, w- I was a little surprised and a little disappointed. Actually, I was hoping for the reasoning to be a little bit more solid. Is that 10 seconds? Yeah, that's 10 seconds. But maybe, but did they get into uh, an ad hominem to Kwakwe? Is that the failed reasoning I'm, or? Uh, well, not in that no, particular okay, part, no, but no. I'm, the whole thing is full of ad hominem because it's All a right. bunch of teenage girls. Uh, Riverdale, what, what, what else? <laughs> well, I mentioned it when we were talking earlier, but my favorite series of YA right now, well, one of two, uh, is the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss. Amazing, badass heroine. I work at a bookstore. I've recommended it to men, women, young and old. It is an amazing book. Uh, I personally wouldn't consider it a high fantasy. I would, not wouldn't. Uh, and um, just love it. Uh, dragons, witches, but in the best possible way. When you say high fantasy, is that like very fantasy? Like lots of dragons, lots of magic, like that sort it's of thing. Like or, where... is it proper? or is it like where you have to like get eat shrooms and then you can understand what's going on? Well, all of the above, uh, oh, but nice. Tolkien is considered high fantasy. Oh. So it's a world actually um, that kind of operates on a logical construct so that has created its own system and has created its own rules. Wow. So it's where the world itself is an act is like a work of fiction of an in and of itself versus like your average fantasy which is like i don't know still amazing but might just be like on a spaceship or whatever yeah okay uh do you have something do you have another one a third one for us my third one is just a shout out to what i'm doing tomorrow which is collecting garbage for the great canadian shoreline cleanup uh, it's sponsored by the Vancouver Aquarium, but this is not a plug, I swear. No, they don't support the podcast. No, they do not. <laughs> but um, if they wanted to, our email address is semiintellectual.gmail.com. For them, I'm quite pricey. Anyways, <laughs> Which means not before we get into the pricey. ethics of aquariums, <laughs> let's just get right away from that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm a Girl Guide leader, and I absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, as part of my feminist side and of... Um, just learning all about, you know, girls and how they live today and, like, what scares them, what they love, what they want to do with their lives. Amazing. It's very rewarding. Fantastic. Matt, are you like me and when you come home from a hard day's work and your hands, <laughs> face, knees, ankles are dry, you just can't stand it? Like, you just... No, I don't work hard. Okay. Well, you know... <laughs> I can't stand it when I have dry, chapped hands. I also can't stand it when my hands are dry and I'm stressed. Uh, my recommendation comes uh, from Bath and Body Works. 
and it is the aromatherapy line. Oh, why are you laughing? <laughs> Go on, keep going. <laughs> this is very serious. I know it it's is. It's the aromatherapy line stress relief uh, body lotion. Um, the one I like is the eucalyptus. Why are you laughing? Because it's hilarious. <laughs> Matt, I'm going to tell you, there's some days uh, where I couldn't function without having this. A uh, couple drops has a nice soothing smell. Uh, so on, on the label, I'm reading the label, soothing eucalyptus essential oil and tea help calm feelings of stress and uncertainty. Isn't that great? Honestly, <laughs> folks, if you're looking for a, a, a body lotion, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm telling you, it's great. No, stop laughing. No, I'm very serious. Ah. Thank you for sharing. All right. Well, that's my recommendation. If you want a body lotion, whatever. Um, want to tell them how they can reach us, Phil? Yeah. Okay. So you can get, you can reach us on Twitter at the underscore S I M underscore P O D. That's the sim pod. You can email us at semi-intellectual gmail.com. Our website is the sim.podbean.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We have a cat on the table. Oh my God. We got to end this. All right. Until next yeah, time, well, folks. Thanks a lot. Delhi to Dublin. This is Phil joined by Aaron. Uh, we have some recommendations for you, as we always do. Uh, let's kick it off. Uh, Aaron, what do you have for us uh, this this go around? Sure. So uh, I guess what I'm going to recommend on this episode uh, is a good seasonal read, right? So we're kind of, we've just stepped out of spring. It's just kind of early summer. Uh, yeah, in our neck of the woods, it's it's starting to get warm. Still, still quite wet. It's quite, raining a lot, but yeah. uh, summer summer's around. Yeah. So there's certain books that fit better with that than others. Okay, you don't yeah. really want to read like War and Peace in the middle of like an Ottawa summer. No, you don't. It doesn't quite jive, it, and it's heavy to look around. Yeah, so I'm gonna actually recommend The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Yeah, and so I actually I have a long relationship with The Hobbit. I read it every time uh, at this time of year. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, started with my mom when I was about four. We kind of continue to do this over and over again. Wow. Um, anyways, and so what I like about it is that it's uh, it's a light, kind of easy read, obviously compared to the Lord of, Lord of the Rings, uh, but it has these really great descriptions of summer. In it. Wow. Uh, and references to nice, like, wild strawberries and all these kind of elements. Uh, so there's something about that book that fits very nicely with, the feeling of spring kind of embellishes it a bit. That's great. And that's Tolkien that wrote The Hobbit, is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, so Return to the Hobbit have nice uh, plentiful descriptions of spring and summer. Yeah. That sounds great. I'm going to uh, recommend something a little bit in the opposite vein. I'm going to re- recommend a newly released history book. Um, and it is by Dennis uh, Molinero. And it's called An Exceptional Law. Section 98 in the Emergency State, 1919-1936. Basically, the book uh, showcases how the emergency law used to repress labor activism during the First World War became normalized with the creation of Section 98 of the Criminal Code following the Winnipeg general strike. That sounds Um, great. Yeah. And, you know, what I like about these uh, history books is they take something relatively mundane. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of trace it back in, I'm going to almost say like a genealogical form, yeah. right? So like, what are the key events? What are the key moments in time um, that really defined how something works? So in this case, you know, probably a relatively obscure section of the criminal code, but during a particular period of history had really impactful effects. Well, and also I think that focus on the mundane is really important. Like if I recall what happened in Toronto, 
right? Remember yeah, the, 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 the G20 protests, the G20 yeah. protests and the mass lockdown. A lot yeah. of that, a lot of those rights to do so, rights, rights, right? yeah, quote to unquote. lock up all those people was based upon some archaic law about protecting critical infrastructure. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, that sounds like a sounds like a fantastic project. Yeah, so I would recommend um, getting on board with that one. If you want to find uh, Dennis on Twitter, he is on our feed, so uh, he follows us and we follow him. And we are on Twitter at the underscore sim underscore pod. Uh, if you have questions, concerns, comments, or considerations for us, you can email us anytime at semiintellectual at gmail dot com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com. Matt uh, is dutifully manning the Facebook page, and we are at The SimPod. That's all one word. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, we're on your podcatcher of choice. Please leave us some ratings, some reviews. It really helps the show. Uh, again, big thank you, Aaron, for joining us. Third installment. Uh, and we'll be back in a couple weeks with his fourth. Uh, but in the meantime, um, you know, catch up on uh, the rest of The SimPod episodes that you haven't listened to. Hey everyone, welcome well, thanks back. a lot for joining us. It's Matt us. and Phil yes. here. Um, thanks for staying with us. We got some recommendations for you. Let's kick it off with Matt. What do you got for us? Okay, cool. Um, so I like this podcast. It's been a radio show for like 30 years. It's called Fresh Air, um, produced by NPR. And WNYC is the, uh, is the radio handle. Um, it's hosted by Terry Gross. Um, who I think is one of the best interviewers that I hear I've ever heard. Um, that's why I listen to this particular podcast is to pick up interviewing techniques. Um, just a couple of their more recent episodes. The most recent one was uh, an interview with this guy uh, Michael Rosenberg, who is a uh, like staff writer at the New York Times, and he's been writing about uh, General Michael Flynn for the last like twenty years. Um, and then there was um, a couple of days before that was a, a history of dentistry. So it kind of reminded me of the Montreal smallpox episode. Oh, nice. And then um, a couple of days before that was one on George Orwell and uh, Winston Churchill. And wow. somebody wrote a book about the dynamic that those two had and their world visions. Oh, that, they that had. sounds really yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was really good. They've uh, And then Aziz Ansari in the middle of there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Who, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. So I recommend it. Fresh Air, uh, Terry Gross. Um, download it. Do you have a second one for us as well? That's it today. Well, I have a podcast to recommend as well, and it fits with the theme uh, of traveling. You know, sometimes when you're traveling, um, staying in, you know, strange hotels or motels or on a couch somewhere, it's hard to get to sleep. The podcast that I'm going to recommend is called Sleep With Me. Um, it is the podcast that puts you to sleep. Um, it's uh, made by a guy, uh, his name is Drew Ackman, uh, but he goes by Dearest Scooter. Um, I've been listening to this podcast for three or four months now. It is the most boring thing that you can ever kind of listen to, but it's just interesting enough, um, you know, that you don't necessarily tune out. So what it is, is it's, it's an hour long podcast that lulls you to sleep with, uh, stories, bedtime stories, basically, um, follows different themes. There's some recurring themes, like he does, um, an overview of, uh, TNG, um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the podcast before. I might have. You might have, but um, I'd recommend it anyway because it yeah. was interesting. I think this might have been one where um, after we recorded with Evan, we were talking about it outside. Oh, it might have been. This is what I'm yeah. thinking about because you had a couple of funny examples. What are kind of the a couple of the off-the-wall things that uh, the, the host does to fall, make you fall asleep? Uh, well, one of them is he uh, reads through a Trader Joe That's it, yeah. uh, <laughs> flyer. So yeah. it's kind of like uh, their holiday edition where it, it talks about all the different products. So he sits down and reads it to you. He can't even get through the whole thing. 
mm-hmm. uh, and it takes them an hour. Uh, another one is he, um, you know, uh, makes a salad. Uh, so, you know, you, he kind of walks you through going to the store, walking, uh, <laughs> he, he loves Trader Joe's, which is an American, uh, yeah. chain. Um, so he walks you through getting all the ingredients and then back to his house where he assembles the salad and, you know, he calls it, uh, creaky dull sit tones. Uh, mm-hmm. they really are. Uh, he, he calls it wings of meandering or something like that. Uh, it really is. I generally can't get through the intro. So they do like, a. He does like a, maybe like a 14 to 20 minute long intro. Uh, can't get through it. I always fall asleep. On nights where I have a particularly hard time falling asleep, um, I don't even get through the main story. Um, but yeah, so Sleep With Me podcast, uh, it, it's a good one. And you have a, do you have a second recommendation for us uh, or is it just one today? No, my, I, I guess like a, as a general kind of recommendation, sure. uh, particularly around traveling and particularly around uh conference presentations is um you know just remain civil ah just, yeah just be nice yeah you can get uh far in the world just by being uh, yeah. a cool person and on the being civil note i'm going to tell civil. everyone how they can reach us yeah. uh, be civil you can reach <laughs> us on twitter at the underscore sim underscore pod that's at the simpod you can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com. We are on iTunes, Welcome Stitcher, Google Play, and other podcatchers of your you. choosing. Uh, Matt, Thank you, you so much for being yeah, with us. Yeah, for sure. Kind of off the, uh, off the wall here, but uh, I recommend the 2017 Stanley Cup playoffs. As like a broad category? <laughs> broad category, yeah. No, since the opening round, it's been fast it's been violent it's been high skill uh great goaltending great defense um smart tactical plays like the teams play different styles it's uh it's honestly gotten me back into watching hockey it's been an interesting uh series of events in the playoffs for for sure mm-hmm. i had a bet going uh mid-season that uh the leafs were going to make the playoffs uh, all I bet oh, was just make the playoffs. Just that's make, good. Oh, just, yeah, just, that's good bet. just get in uh, first round, and they did. Uh, Babcock uh, did an amazing job coaching that team to get them there the the season. Was that a money bet? It was uh, beers with burgers and wings. Oh yeah, okay, that's uh, better than money. Sometimes that's uh, yeah. the kind of bet that you cash in for the second round. Yeah, exactly. When everyone else's bets have like fallen through. <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to add to? Uh, uh, well, no, it's the um, it's the conference finals in uh, both uh, both sides. Like, I don't even know how they do it anymore yeah. in the NHL. They've switched it all up. But uh, I recommend jumping in early. And um, I really liked what I saw out of Nashville and Nashville's fans. I uh, I yeah. really um, uh, misread that city. That's a that's a hockey city now. It is. They've made it into a, a yeah. good city. Um, my recommendation um, is a little bit different. It's a series of books. Um, so I'm broadly interested in the, um, idea and the method of writing creative nonfiction. So that is, um, a way of telling a story, a non, uh, so a real story, a nonfiction story, but in, um, a genre or a narrative that is very appealing. Uh, it tells bi- biographies, it goes in depth, it gives lots of, uh, detailed nuance, this kind of stuff. And I fell into the genre by one person in particular, uh, his name is Lee Gutkin, uh, and he has a series of books. Um, one of them that I recommend is titled Keep It Real, Everything You, you Need to Know About Researching and Writing Creative Nonfiction. 
Uh, so that's a good primer on the genre, how to go about doing it. Um, the other one, uh, again, by Gutkin is the art of creative nonfiction, writing and selling the literature of reality. Uh, another kind of good primer goes through a bunch of tips on how to do it. And then, um, he, he also publishes a, a couple other ones and one in particular that I like, he has some about nursing, uh, some about various professions, but one of them that, um, really resonated with me was at the end of life, true stories about how we die. And, um, it's an, it's edited by Lee Gutkin, but it's a series of stories uh, on death uh, in the genre of creative nonfiction. And if you're really digging, um, this sort of work and the, how to go about doing it, um, an edited collection by Caroline Forcher and Philippe Gérard uh, includes some work by Lee Gutkin and a bunch of others. Uh, it's titled uh, Writing Creative Nonfiction, Instruction and Insights from the Teachers of the Associated Writing Programs. And, um, you know, so that, that that's kind of like a, if you want to get into it, know nothing about it, uh, those would be four books that I, that I recommend. And it's uh, Lee, L-E-E. And the last name Gutkin is G-U-T-K-I-N-D. It's kind of a weird spelling. And then um, also he is the founder, apparently, based on the back of this book, of a literary journal called Creative Nonfiction. So there's a whole journal based on this as well. Yeah, and their website is great. It gives you lots of tips. Uh, it gives you an overview of what's kind of hot in the genre right now. Um, and if you if you want to get into creative nonfiction, maybe you're into creative nonfiction. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you've watched the hockey series, the Stanley Cup playoffs, yeah. Oh yeah, that's what they're called. Uh, we'd love to <laughs> the hear hockey from matches, <laughs> the, the, those games that the sports games that they play. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any recommendations for us, be they good, uh, be they bad, uh, be they, you know, uh, concerns, considerations that we should take in mind, please get a hold of us. Um, we are very open uh, to hearing from our listeners. You can do so, uh, through Twitter and we are at the underscore S I M underscore P O D. Our email is semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website, the sim.podbean.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, any other podcatchers that you may use search, uh, semi-intellectual musings and, uh, we should come up. I think that's a wrap for, 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 for this episode, Matt. It, it was really fun talking hockey. Yeah, it was, it was great. I'm, I'm looking forward to more episodes on hockey. Yeah, we're definitely going to do a yeah, part two yeah, of that. I think this is at least part one of many. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, thanks everyone for staying with us, for listening. We appreciate everyone's support for this show. Matt and I have a, have a really good time doing it. Yeah. What do you got for us? Tell Thank your you. friends to download. Just All yeah, my buddies back home, tell everybody else to download. Download, <laughs> download <laughs> rate and review. Rate and review. Send us a, a well-worded... Uh, the dollop. Yes. Yeah, we'll spell right, that well, out. Thanks a lot. Um, see you next time, folks. Da is spelled T-H-E, and dollop is spelled D-O-L-L-O-P. 1992. <laughs> okay, there, Gary. <laughs> I like the dollop as well. Yeah, I love it. It's basically a um, whimsical treatment of history. Boom. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's like a fun take on history. Um, the history in the dollop is all like factually correct. It's researched either by the host Dave Anthony and uh, his co-host Gareth Reynolds is like from the improv world. He's like an improv comedian. And, um, and he doesn't know anything about history and he doesn't know anything about the story going in. So he just sort of reacts to it. And, um, I love it. I've learned a lot, actually. Someone who's really into history and I know you are as well. That's why we both listen to the dollop. Yeah. I've been listening to the dollop. Not, not quite as long as you have, but, mm. um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's the interjection of, uh, humor 
uh, with maybe not so humorous uh, kind of histories that make it really appealing. Yeah, and they have, uh, I think they're approaching their 300th episode, so there's quite a, a lot to get through. They're either half an hour or an hour long, but just a couple of recommendations on particular episodes to get you started. Um, I really enjoyed uh, episode 150. It's called James Sullivan and the 1904 Games. 1904! <laughs> <laughs> and then another one that I also like that's sports-related um, is episode 250. It's called uh, Phantom of the Open. So it's all about the British Open and this like awful golfer who kept like changing his name and getting into the Open. He just sucked. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. Two uh, really good episodes, but like I... I can't remember an episode that I haven't enjoyed. So I yeah. hope you do too. Uh, my recommendation uh, is actually musical this week. I've been really digging uh, an artist by the name of Bonobo. Been around for a while. Um, kind of plays uh, electronic, uh, down-tempo. Um, you know, if you're familiar with words like trip-hop, uh, drum and bass, uh, this is that that sort of music. Um, but I'm really, really liking his 2013 album uh, called The North Borders. Uh, here's a little sample of uh, Don't Wait. Yeah, so, um, you know, this kind of stuff uh, really gets you relaxing, gets you in the mood. I love uh, writing to it. I love reading to it. Um, that's Bonobo. So that's all I got for recommendations. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot for uh, being with us uh, this past week. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Again, you can email us at semiintellectual at gmail.com. Uh, or some recommendations. Us. Um, Matt, the, I, I saw you messing around on your uh, phone. What do you have to recommend the, for us uh, uh, on today's episode? So two podcasts this week. Um, the first one is called Astonishing Legends. Believe it or not, um, it's a it's it's kind of a long form podcast. It's like the episodes are like an hour, an hour and a half long, but um, it's like rational conspiracy theories and treasure hunts and um, yeah, it's just they do a really good job with it. And it's not like other kind of conspiracy shows where it's just you know a whole bunch of theories. It's these guys actually pick it apart and use maps and. And try to get to the bottom of things. So they have um, like a three-parter on Oak Island, which has got a TV show now. Um, there's a, I just got through the Knights of the Golden Cross, which is this like racist white supremacist group that formed after the Civil War. And they buried like, um, what is his name? The president of Mexico, the Na Napoleon V or whatever the hell that guy's name is. Anyway. Oh, Maximilian. Sorry. Yeah, Maximilian's treasure. They buried it all over America. So it's like weird episodes like this and they got like well over 100 episodes and it's really good neat and what's the second one um this is one that others might know but it's called on the media um it's by wnyc um and it's uh it's hosted by brooke gladstone and some other guy i can't remember his name right now garfield thank you bob garfield and brooke gladstone um yeah and it's um really in-depth kind of a social science-y approach to media studies so it's um always current it's always on like relevant topics and they have a new episode every week and sometimes little bonus episodes throughout the week neat and evan uh we've kept him around uh he has some recommendations for us as well uh what are they 
Yeah, if I could just keep throwing out recommendations. Um, just two quick ones, if you guys don't mind. I've got uh, this guy. He's a writer from the UK. He writes for Vice primarily, but he's written for the New York Times, The Atlantic, etc. His name's Sam Chris. He's a, uh, a Marxist fella uh, over in London, I believe he lives. One of the most beautiful, brilliant writers I've come across in a long time. Maybe the most brilliant contemporary writer I, I can uh, think of right now. Oh. He's got a blog called Idiot Joy Showland. He's got a podcast called Whale Vomit on the Baffler. Um, really interesting guy. His writing is just out of this world, so I heavily recommend everybody go and check him out. And then one which isn't uh, about leftist politics is um, if there's any other hockey fans out there and you're tired of hearing Don Cherry talk about Russians as though they're just hot dogs, um, there's a podcast run by a, a young Canadian guy named Dmitry Filipovich called the Hockey PDO Cast, which is fantastic. It uh, kind of delves into the numbers. It's heavily uh, into hockey analytics for those folks who uh, enjoy that kind of thing. Um, it's not, I don't take it at, uh, as gospel, but it's a really interesting perspective and he's so got great from, guests. From anarchism to hockey, uh, <laughs> Evan is well-rounded, uh, well-listened and well-read. So oh, that's uh, a little compliment. You guys. It doesn't happen often on the show, but when we do it. Um, I do have one uh, quick recommendation. There's a lot of these books out there. Uh, they kind of, uh, you know, they, they, they got you by the, well, you know, the short and Curlies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and it's, you know, we are consumers of books, but this one is, uh, is a good one. It's called How to Write a PhD in Less Than Three Years, A Practical Guide. It's by Stephen Harrison. Um, really, it's down to earth, well written. Um, gives you kind of point form uh, and not so point form how to really get through it. Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation for uh, for all those people aspiring cool. to be a, a PhD. Um, again, I want to say thank you to all our listeners. Um, do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, thank you, Evan, for joining us on oh, today's yeah, episode. Yeah, thank, oh yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you, Evan. Yeah, thanks. I uh, I am an aspiring listener, and uh, and and quite enjoyed this uh, this program. Thanks, thanks, guys. You you added a lot to it. It was very interesting. I thought. Yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or considerations for Evan, uh, you can reach us on Twitter at the Simpod. That's the underscore S I M underscore P O D. You can send us your queries through email at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. That's all one word, semi-intellectual. Our, our website is thesim.podbean.com. Please subscribe to our iTunes and or Stitcher uh, RSS feeds. Uh, you know, the more listeners we have, the more comments we get, the better the shows will be. Um, and I think that's it for tonight. Hey, everyone. Right. Welcome back. Well, it's easy, folks. Uh, Thanks for Phil listening. and Matt here. Uh, we have some recommendations for you. And I look over and Matt has his laptop open. It seems like he has a podcatcher to open on his phone. I'm going to venture that he's going to recommend a podcast. Yeah. Uh, very intuitive, Phil. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it is a podcast. Uh, it's called Sick Boy. Um, Evan, uh, past guest, recommended this uh, to me. I didn't. I thought he recommended it on the podcast, but I think it was outside when we were uh, heading okay. out. Um, so it's called Sick Boy. And it's um, produced, made, hosted by uh, three friends who all have chronic illnesses of some sort. And they are, I believe they're headquartered out of Toronto now. Um, but they grew up together and you can tell they, uh, they have really good banter. And then they have a uh, guest on every week who has a different kind of chronic illness or um, addiction. There's uh, one um, that I'm looking forward to listening to, actually. It's uh, a person who is addicted to, uh, to meth. Um, who was also a stockbroker. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, the episode that really got me going was um, the one on migraines. Uh, they had a migraine sufferer on, and it was really interesting to 
hear a lot of the symptoms that I experienced being described by somebody else and more so the ramifications this had on her like social life and you know just her ability to go out at night and have good relationships. Uh, so how long do the episodes run approximately? Um, they're good. They're a good chunk, um, which I think is really noble of them because they're chronic pain sufferers themselves or chronic illness sufferers. They know that people like us um, don't get many platforms to express ourselves and um, say what's on our mind and what we're feeling. So they give their guests like a solid like hour 15, hour and 40, um, like a long interview. And But the thing I love about it is... Um, Something else I've learned about being someone with a chronic illness is the dark humor that you have. Yeah. Like this podcast is hilarious. Like I was laughing out loud and at a couple of times like choked up on the migraine one a little bit because it like really hit close to homes. But it's fun because they know that um, you have to find humor in pain sometimes. Great. Highly recommend it. It's called Sick Boy. Sick Boy. You can find that on the Podbean uh, app? I think so. And uh, we'll also have a link at the bottom of the show notes. Perfect. Uh, my recommendation for today is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, it is uh, The Telling Room, uh, a tale of love, betrayal, revenge, and the world's greatest piece of cheese. Uh, that is by Michael Paternini. Uh, Michael Paternini is also the best selling author of Driving with, uh, or Driving Mr. Albert. And that's the book uh, where he recounts uh, driving across the United States with Albert Einstein's brain. Uh, oh, I, I've actually heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this book, uh, The Telling Room, uh, brings Paternini to the small village of Guzman, Spain, uh, in a cave dug uh, out on the side of a hillside on the edge of town. Uh, and basically, he goes back to his childhood and finds, uh, remembers the story about the very expensive piece of cheese. And then uh, later in life as a journalist, um, tries to track it down. What is this cheese? Where does it come from? What is the myth behind the cheese? Uh, So he goes all the way to Spain. He gets so wrapped up in the story uh, that his family moves to Spain. They spend some time there. He can't finish the book. Extension after extension after extension. (laughs) Really? So it's actually a book about procrastination? (laughs) It definitely tells you what procrastination can do. And if it's any indicator that a good procrastinator can produce a good book, uh, it is phenomenal. I'm the best. I want to be the best procrastinator ever. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. But yeah, so it's uh, funny. It's touching. um, You know, it's an easy read. Uh, I think I read it in maybe a night or two just because it was a page turner for me. Does it get into like the history of Spain? It does. So it covers a little bit of the history of Spain um, and why I think I picked it up off my bookshelf to read, I think for the third time now, maybe fourth, is um, I think we're going to start to put together a little episode with uh, probably Evan as a return uh, guest on uh, the Spanish Civil War. So uh, I wanted to read one of you know, one of Paternini's books. I just find him really fascinating the way he writes mm. uh, to get back into the mood of Spain. Oh, that's really cool. That sounds interesting, man. I might have to give it a read after you're done. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and if you would like to know more about our recommendations or anything that you've heard on the show, you can find us on Twitter at the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. You can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, your podcatcher of choice. Make sure to leave us some uh, ratings and reviews. Send us your comments. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're not doing right. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, um, what Matt missed. It's funny when I was driving up here, I'm like, I should grab a six Also, go yeah, see the it's been a while since I treated Phil. Yeah. Um, especially after the baby shower. Thanks again uh, thanks for, for that. With us um, he picked up my whole show. tab. Um, so I grabbed a beer that is almost like more available in Quebec. You can always find like a six pack in the glass, clear glass bottles. And anyone from Canada knows when I say clear glass bottles, I'm talking about Sleemans. Sleemans. And the particular variety i guess you would say that i love the most um my dad uh, always drinks um the cream ale one the red label one yep, yep. um i always like the silver creek lager silver creek yeah it's got the green so my buddies back home will be like of course it's the green label one right um but for me it's like it tastes like camping but it tastes like camping the night after it's like rained and it just smells like evergreen trees it like tastes like evergreen trees it tastes like british columbia so i always drink it and it reminds me of home so what do you got for us? I uh, I'm all so it's going to be a, a double Sleeman recommendation. Oh, that was a thing. Yeah, I was like putting the six pack in the fridge, and then I was like, oh yeah. shit! And like he also likes Sleeman. I thought I was going to surprise him with that. Double Sleeman, double double. It's good. Double slam Sleeman. Uh, <laughs> but mine is the Session Ale uh, Railside. Oh, the Railside. Yeah, yeah. A newer one, right? Uh, yeah, it hasn't yeah. been out for you know as long as some of the other Sleemans. Uh, comes in a clear glass bottle again. Always. I, I, I believe it's actually brewed from Guelph. Could, oh, okay. Cool. Could be wrong on Go that. Guelph. But I think it's brewed in Guelph. Yeah. Uh, the Session Ale is light. It's crisp. It has a little bit more hops mm-hmm. um, than the Silver Creek. What I like about it is it's low in alcohol. So it's like a 4, 4.3, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what that means is when it's really hot outside and you know, you've just been cutting the grass, working hard labor or whatever, you can have one and you don't get that same kind of like really huge head rush that you do with some other heavier beers yeah i like being from bc um we're usually when we're outside it's like you know a nice day will be like maybe 30 right so on a day like that you would drink like a four percent like a bud light but um a lot of the beers that i came to ontario liking from bc were all kind of beers that you want when it's like 20 degrees outside right right so they're kind of like medium bodied beers um and this is what i've learned from this podcast learned from aaron about the beer that he recommended last one what was that called again uh that was the muskoka detour boom another low alcohol beer because here in the region it gets damn hot in the summer like really hot it can get up to like you know high 30s 40 um so you want something with lower alcohol content yeah uh so go Sleemans. Go Sleemans. Continue uh, making a fine product. That was a great episode, Matt. Um, you know, there's something about protest music and political songs that just bleeds in nicely to beer. So <laughs> how about we go open one of those up? We're going to throw a picture of us uh, having those beers up on Twitter. <laughs> and you can reach our site on Twitter at the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. You can email us your questions, concerns, comments, or considerations at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website that also includes uh, all their previous episodes is thesim.podbean.com. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, hey your podcatcher of choice. Thanks for staying with I'm us. Matt and Phil here. Um, Matt, this, this kind of sounds familiar. Uh, we have some recommendations and Matt brought in some music for us. Uh, what is this? this? So, okay. So you might recognize the banjo, but uh, it's the very famous American folk singer Pete uh, Seeger. Seeger, that's yeah. what this is. And it's spelled S-E-E-G-E-R. Yeah, Pete Seeger. He was, um, I'll spare you the details of all his life. I encourage you to like read up on him. He was um, called before the, the communist um, bureau thing and that they had in the States, the McCarthy uh, thing. The McCarthy trials? Yeah, yeah. He was called up in that and he got blacklisted in 
um, his music, and it's clearly if you hear Little Boxes, what we were just listening to there, is a very sort of Marxist-y, uh, Marxist-y kind of folk song, which I think is pretty unique. On the golf course and drink their martini dry and they all have pretty children and the children go to school and the children go to summer camp and then to the university and they all get put in boxes and they all come out the same and the boys go into business and marry and raise a family and they all get put in boxes east of omaha you can listen to the engine moaning out as one note song you can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before Matt, you also have a second song for us. Uh, what is this that we're listening to now? Which sounds even more familiar than the first one, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so this was uh, is a lot more familiar, and it's my favorite karaoke uh, song. Uh, it's Bob Seger, uh, spelt differently. Bob Seger, okay. Bob Seger, yeah, and it's called Turn the Page. Here I am on the road again. There I am, up on the stage, here I go, playing star again, there I go, turn the page. Well, you walk into a restaurant Strung out from the road And you feel the eyes upon you As you're shaking off the cold You pretend it doesn't bother you But you just want to explode well, the, the, those were great. Um, I have uh, something uh, a little different, and, you know, it's really hard for me. Well, it's it's not often that I'll recommend a TV show. Uh, yeah. I, well, as you know, I don't have a TV. Oh, that's <laughs> so, it makes it difficult to recommend TV shows. Kind of. Um, but um, I've recently, uh, well, not recently, I've um, followed Fargo, the TV series. I've been so, meaning to get into that. So I, I hear walked, nothing but good things. It is. Fantastic. I watched season one, season two, like uh, as soon as they came out and I've been actually watching season three. So, um, you know, Fargo, the TV series is um, created by Noah Hawley. It airs on the FX uh, cable network uh, station and season three uh, stars Ian McGregor, Carrie Coon, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, if you watched uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, she's the one that has the the blue hair and the red hair and everything. <laughs> Super amazing. Gorn Bogan and David Thewis. Um, set in Minnesota. It follows... Uh, it, so each season follows its own individual self-contained story, but there are... And little... like most people have seen the movie, right? Like I've only seen the movie Fargo. Well, like, the... So is it set in the same sort of like world as Minnesota in like the 80s or whatever? Or well, is it... season three is set in 2010. Oh, okay. Um, what about the other two seasons? Are they like 
set historically or something? Yeah, season one, I believe, was like during the uh, 80s. Oh, okay. uh, No, 80s, yeah, uh, maybe 90s. And then uh, season two was like the 70s. And are each season like standalone, like cases maybe? Is that how it works? They're self-contained narratives, but there are overarching kind of storylines that Mm. connect everything up. And there's little like, um, they they pay tribute to the movies, uh, but they don't follow exactly the same movie storyline but anyway there's lots that would be really limited (laughs) lots of snow lots of like uh you know accents from minnesota uh, which are freaking just awesome might as well be manitoba (laughs) yeah basically yeah yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, there, yeah, eh? for sh- oh yeah. Uh lots of police kind of weird stuff going on, lots of little small town dynamics. It's actually phenomenal. Uh, there are 10 uh episodes in in season 3. 6 are out uh right now and I've watched all 6. Cool. Are they um I only have Netflix. Is is it on Netflix? It's not on Netflix. Oh, it's damn. on FX. I'm yeah. waiting for that to come out then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, that's good. I've only heard great things about Fargo and I was actually curious to learn more about it. Well, and the other reason why I'm talking about it is uh, as Matt approaches his, uh, you know, day where the little Sanderson will come into the world. The day of reckoning. Uh, we will be joined by a special guest uh, co-host, Aaron Henry. Uh, and one of Aaron's uh, topics is going to be Fargo. So he, uh, he he's much more knowledgeable than I am about the TV show. Uh, but w- he's going to join me and we're going to talk about Fargo for uh, at least one episode, possibly two. That's good. It's going to be something that I'm listening to at 3 a.m. when uh, I'm up changing diapers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For oh, sure yeah. there, eh? <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you've heard or if you want to leave us any comments, oh, you, can, sure. you can reach us on Twitter at the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. You can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website, which includes this episode and all past episodes, is thesim.podbean.com. We are on iTunes, Bill Stitcher, Aaron Google Play. Stuck around. He's still with us uh, for some recommendations. Aaron, you got a bottle of beer in front of you. Uh, tell us about it. I do. Uh, thanks, Phil. Uh, I'm up here for Phil's birthday. Uh, it, it is my birthday. We're, we're doing a birthday podcast. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, we, we're going to do this podcast, but wanted to be able to do it with a clear head or relatively clear head, right? Um, so I picked Muskoka Detour beer. Uh, it's got a low alcohol content, so you can continue to. What is it rated at? 4.3. Yeah. That's, which is uh, lower for these days, given is, you yeah. find sevens and sixes. Yep. Uh, it's a crisp, nice tasting beer, very drinkable. Uh, and it's, uh, it's from Ontario. Yeah. And I think, um, if I read on the label, it said unfiltered. It is unfiltered. So, yeah. uh, I didn't get any sediment on the bottle of mine. Nor did I, but I guess if there was some there, that would be normal. Okay. No, I really enjoyed it. It was um, it was really like crisp. It was clean. Uh, we drank it pretty cold. Uh, I think you know. Yeah, uh, probably necessary. Probably necessary for that. Um, and we drank it out of the bottle. There's some beers that I will say that you have to pour into a, a into a, like a proper glass, but this one out of the bottle seemed fine. That was great. That's really all I got to say about it. That's all you got to say about it? Um, I have another beverage. Uh, because this is Birthday Pod, I um, I treated myself. So if uh, if anybody's listened to the podcast before, you know that I like the Florida Kenya rum. Uh, now, I went, to the sh- I went to the shop, and they didn't have any. So I picked up something else. Uh, this is the El Dorado 12-year rum. Um, did it with uh, Coke, just regular plain straight up Coke with some ice and a little bit of lemon. Uh, 
it was delicious. It was great. It's uh, it's a very flavorful rum, full bodied. Uh, I wouldn't say to have too many of them. <laughs> no, I think it's it's so good and it's so smooth that you, I think you can find yourself becoming quite drunk quite quickly without realizing it, and then you're just out of rum. <laughs> yeah, you're just out of rum after. Uh, it comes in a really neat kind of bottle. It's not like a tall bottle. It's a kind of a short, stubby, round bottle. Uh, it looks really cool. The picture on it's nice. Uh, but anyway, it's like uh, it's a solid twelve year. Interestingly, uh, the Florida Kenya seven year that I buy rates uh, at about thirty three bucks. This is a twelve year, and it rates at thirty six. Oh. So not that much price difference, but it is a completely different type of rum. Um, I I I think I like both equally. Uh, for different occasions, but this was my birthday rum, and uh, I, I I really enjoyed that rum and coke, actually. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing. Um, if you have any recommendations for us, or if you'd like, uh, you know, if you have any questions or more, if you want more information about some recommendations, you can get a hold of us on Twitter at the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. That's the SimPod. You can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com. We are on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Matt's Play, and your podcast of choice. In, on the that was a really fun episode. I'm Thanks really curious what he has to say about that. Um, uh, Matt, it looks to me like you have a George Orwell or two there. Two George Orwell. Um, as per usual, I took a look at my uh, bookshelf and just grabbed things at random, and I'm like, ah, a couple of George Orwells. Um, the first one is um, it's a collection of his essays, so this might be in some other collection of essays, but um, the one I have here... It's published by Penguin. It's got a green cover, uh, and it's called Books versus Cigarettes. Um, so within it, I'm just going to read uh, some of the essay titles because the titles themselves say it all. So yeah. um, Books versus Cigarettes is uh, Orwell um, kind of quantified his own life and calculated how much he was spending on the two and uh, did a cost-benefit analysis of himself. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, brought that with uh, Phil in mind uh, with our bookshelves. Um the next one is Bookshop Memories. So that's uh, memories of him working like a retail used bookstore. Um, Confessions of a Book Reviewer oh. is one that I think everybody would like. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just like this confessional where he just admits um, how deeply his procrastination goes. So even Orwell procrastinated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely. amazing. That makes me feel so much better, Matt. Thank, <laughs> th- thank you for leaving me with that thought. Um, so... My particular volume has four other ones, and I'll just run through them really quick. Uh, the Prevention of Literature, uh, My Country, Right or Left, which is a, quite a famous essay. Um, How the Poor Die. So it's like he did a public health like study on his own time. Oh, neat. About how the poor died, essentially. Wow. So this gets us into Orwell's uh, nonfiction stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And what's the uh, second Orwell uh, that you've brought in? So... Uh, so many people have read 1984 and Animal Farm. I asked Phil, have you read Orwell? And those are the two he's read. And that's yeah. the two that most people read, right? Yeah. So this is a work of nonfiction by Orwell. It's almost like um, if you just called it an ethnography, it was an ethnography. Okay. And it's called The Road to Wigan Pier. And uh, my buddy Evan uh, recommended this book to me. He actually gave it, I think this is his. Um, but it's basically uh, written in 1937 or the mid-30s. Uh, published in 1937, um, and he was commissioned by the Left Book Club, which sounds awesome. Yeah, right? just the name. <laughs> um, and essentially, he um, 
went out to explore the coal areas of Lan Lancashire and um, Yorkshire. And he essentially just documented uh, the lives of the coal workers and their families and uh, the struggles they face. And it's um, one of the best books I've ever read. That's awesome. It reminds me, uh, the way that you've just explained it reminds me uh, of a book uh, by Norbert Elias that looks into a small little community as well around that area. Um, really? Yeah. Do you, do you know what it's called? Uh, I would have to uh, look you know what? on the bookshelf. I'm, I would have to look it on the bookshelf. Maybe we'll post post in the show notes just the, uh, the yeah, name of that. Yeah, I'm going to post the, because I think they, they can probably be read together. It looks about the same page length anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. Skinny little book and uh, very powerful. Great. So what were the titles of those two again? Um, so uh, the collected essays was Books versus Cigarettes. Um, and that one was published by Penguin. And then oh, the other one's published by Penguin as well. It's called The Road to Wigan Pier, both by George Orwell. Check those out. Matt's recommendations. Read Orwell this week. Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of Semi-Intellectual Musings. As always, you can tweet, uh, send us a tweet at the SimPod. That's the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. You can send us an email, semiintellectual@gmail.com. Our website for the show uh, is thesim.podbean.com. Uh, we are now on us? iTunes and yeah, on this Stitcher. Week, um, uh, a really so quick one. Um, it's rate, a, review, another podcast that uh, I've been listening to for a couple of years now. He has two out. Um, it's by Dan Carlin. Uh, the one I wanted to recommend was uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. And it's like hours long each episode um, where he takes these wide sweeping uh, reviews of some topic in history. So, for example, he had a um, like a three-parter on the Persian Empire. Uh, another one that I really liked is uh, a five-part series on the Mongol Empire. Wow. Um, and one just standalone episode that I would recommend called Prophets of Doom, and it's about the Protestant Reformation and this sort of breakaway sect of Protestantism that like holed up in this city and it got sieged and they started getting crazy and cannibalism and lot of sex it's uh it's really entertaining wow that sounds great yeah absolutely do you have anything for uh for for us phil i do uh a bit different you are castaways on a deserted island your situation is very difficult but look there Ooh, there is where? one of your shipmates beautiful jenny trapped on a lonely rock in the middle of the ocean you need to build a raft and rescue her and then you better hurry and build a boat to escape from the island a hurricane is Approaching fast. Uh, my recommendation is actually a board game. Uh, it, so Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island. Uh, my wife and I have been playing it. I've been wanting this game for probably a year. And uh, finally, my local game store had it in stock. So we snatched it up uh, maybe about a month ago. We've played uh, Campaign 1 through three and that was an extract of campaign three uh so far it is a hard game it is a very fun game it, it you know it follows loosely around uh the the book robinson crusoe um so you got to build stuff so you have to manage resources you have to eat you have to fight um all the while you're trying to accomplish uh the campaign goals so it's kind of like rpg mm. kind of um so what about Friday? He's my favorite character in Robinson Crusoe. So I don't know what happens with Friday. Is he a big character in this uh, game? Friday. So if you play a two-person game, uh, Friday is your companion. He he follows you along. He's there now. Interestingly, Friday doesn't need to eat at the end of the day. He doesn't need shelter. 
he doesn't take uh, like uh, hits to the health the same way. Well, it's almost uh, like a non-person, just like the book. You know, Friday fucking has a fort in the forest, and he comes and does your shit. Like, is it a fort or is it a hut? Well, maybe I don't know. Is it a shanty? It could it could be a hole in a rock. I don't know. But Friday, he's a mean bastard. Like he'll. Oh really? Oh yeah. Like uh, he doesn't like he doesn't have any special powers. Uh, so each person kind of plays a role: a carpenter, um, or an explorer, that sort of thing. He, he doesn't have any special powers, but um, like you, you just bring him along. And so like, let's say like you need to fight this beast. You just push him in front of it. If the beast like, you know, attacks Friday gets hurt. Yeah. It's just like here, like he does your grunt work. Like you can send him to go clean your camp. Wow. So s- sort of like your little slave or, uh, uh, or maybe, wait, wait, sorry. That's politically incorrect. Your uh, helper. He, he, he's your he, helper. He's, he's a, he's a helper. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, uh, Robinson Crusoe, um, a game by Inachi, uh, Trejewix. So I can't pronounce that. That, that was horrible. <laughs> I, I think it's published by Portal. It's a great game. Um, like the instruction manual is 38 or 39 pages long alone. It, 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 it takes a while to learn, but there's lots of resources online, uh, to know how to to play it, um, and they've recently added uh, a seventh uh, scenario, which is the dreadful adventure of King Kong Island, um, which is just fantastic. And uh, you can download a bunch of user generated or player generated uh, scenarios as kind of expansions. Um, so, like you know, the repl- cost, replayability, uh, level of difficulty, just overall, it's a great board game. Cool. That was good, man. All right. Well, thank thank you everyone for being with us, and you know we'll continue to say it, but we do really thank you uh, for joining our conversations. Um, without you, uh, we couldn't be able to do this podcast. So we look forward to hearing your comments. That you can email us, um, you can tweet us uh, your uh, your your questions Maybe or board game recommendations. We, I'd love to hear some board game recommendations. Yeah, what? What it's not really playing? my jam, but it's more of Phil's thing, and he uh, he always likes new board games. Like I didn't know that you can eagerly anticipate a board game coming out, and oh, uh, yeah. apparently I learned something new today. Absolutely. So you can reach us at uh, semi intellectual, all one word, uh, semi intellectual at gmail.com. Great, great recommendations you can for us. Uh, what are you bringing us, us at that? the well, perhaps unsurprisingly, S-I-M I'm bringing a book, P-O-D. well, a couple That's books, again. On Twitter. So That's what this thing is all about. Well, books, um, books, book books literature, the published world, the everyday yeah. world. Yeah. So recommend away. What books do you got for us? All right. So I uh, picked up this series, I guess. Well, it only has two in it. Um, I think it's called a duology, which was a word I did not know existed. So um, instead of a trilogy, it's a duology? Apparently. Not yeah. a sequel. Well, that's the thing. But I guess it's like intended that it's two. Like it was always going to be two. The sequel imply that there could not have been one. Right. So the sequel is like an afterthought for number two. No, not in this case. But in some cases. Right. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't make the rules. Duology. I just read the books. Yeah. So it's uh, the first one was called This Savage Song. Um, and it's by Victoria Schwab. Um, and it was basically a book that was sent to me, uh, for me to write a review and it's not the kind of book I would normally read at all. So so? it's a, it's actually now that there's a second book, which is called Our Dark Duet or Duet. I don't know how you would say that. Um, Americans might say Duet. 
Um, I think I would say duet. I, see, I would say duet, but I think it's a French thing. Oh. Anyways, uh, yeah, so it's called the Monsters of Verity duology or series or whatever we're calling it. This got way too complicated and technical. Um, and it's about basically a version of the future, but like a really close future, like not even five years kind of thing, um, where there was what was called the phenomenon. And basically it was that there were three types of monsters born out of crimes. Um, so the first type was the Corsi, and they were born out of violent crimes. So they're like shapeless monsters that are in like subway tunnels and dark alleys and stuff. So they would be formed through like shooting, like non-fatal shootings or like, um, I don't know. Violent crime. Assault okay. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next kind was, and they're non, they're shapeless and they don't have like conscious thought. The next one is a Malkai and they're formed from murders. Um, and basically they're vampires, but less cliched. Um, and with both of these types of monsters, there was a very real possibility of it just falling into a monster genre, but it doesn't at all, which is amazing. And like they're vampire-esque, but like they can go out in the day and stuff. And Interesting. They're kind of badasses and run corporations and stuff. And then the third kind is called the Sunai. And basically they are born out of like heinous crimes, like massacres usually. Okay. Um, and they reap souls. So their job isn't just to like create more violence like the other two monsters. Their job is they can identify sinners and they take the souls of sinners. So anybody that has created one of the other kinds, the Sunai destroy. Kind of like the, the cleanup. Yeah, they're kind of like dark angels a little bit. Right. Um, so good. Like, the book starts off with a girl burning down a, a chapel at her school. Like, wow. And it starts with, like, when Kate burned down the chapel, she wasn't drunk. She was just desperate or something. She just like, kind of hits you in the face. Yeah, it's just, like, so good. And I would highly recommend it. Um, again, totally not into the horror genre at all. Like, I'm not even really into the vampire, like, kind of supernatural sort of idea, but I loved it. So who's that by again? Uh, Victoria Schwab. And that's the Monsters of Verity. Yeah. So the first one is our, whoa. The Savage this, Song. This Savage Song and then Our Dark Duet. And Our Dark Duet. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. So good. Um, and it's young adult, like most of the things I like, but yeah. I highly recommend. Uh, I have something that you could possibly consume while reading those books. And I have um, consumed while reading them, in fact. So uh, continuing from our intro discussion about our recent trip... I'm going to recommend two beers from the Perth Brewery. Um, the first one, uh, if you if you know anything about Phil and beer, uh, this isn't going to come as a surprise. But I'm going to recommend the Easy Amber. Um, you know, I'm nodding my head. It's a five percent twenty IBU, uh, deep red colored, uh, just overall just a nice amber beer. You know, it's not it doesn't have anything too special about it but it doesn't have anything that you don't want. It's just when you want an amber, that's it's everything you need, but you didn't know that you oh, really wow. see. Uh, but the second one, the second one is like that opening uh, sentence in that book. It's called Hopside IPA. It's a five and a half, 52 IBU. Is that a lot? Uh, it's getting up there. Okay. 52 and the IBU uh, is the hop scale. Uh, so it's an American style IPA. It is crisp. Uh, it is full flavored. Uh, it has some hits, um, well, hits or hints uh, of citrus um, in it. Uh, I've had it with burger. I've had it with um, 
vegetable wrap. I've had it with a chicken wrap. Had it with fries. I've had it just sitting outside, and it tasted a bit different each time. So it pairs That's up. That's a good claim to fame. It pairs up really well with food. Uh, I, I all would, food apparently. Mo- yeah, I I haven't had it with fish or ice cream. Uh, haven't had it with ice cream. No. Uh, I could see it going well with fish. Lately, I've uh, when I want a fish and chips, I'll do a Miskoka detour. Uh, if I want something to be paired up with uh, some sort of fish. Uh, on the plate, uh, but this uh, Hopside IPA pairs up really well beef, uh, chicken, or just nice. a veg meal. So all around good IPA that might it's coming close to being my seasonal winner. Ooh. And in a couple episodes, uh, probably at the end of August, I'm going to um, do a top five uh, IPAs, top five beers of the summer. Most of them are going to be IPAs. You should have all of your guests, guests do like a... Uh... Their beer of the summer, too. Oh, that's a really good idea. And then you could have, like, a appreciation for all of your super awesome guests. Uh, and that, if I happen to be one of them, that's, that's cool. We're probably going to have you back on before the end of August. What? So, yeah, surprise. Well, baby daddy. Baby daddy, Matt and his kid. All right, we got to wrap this thing up. Uh, I got to keep his chair warm. You do. So keep keep keeping his, keep, keep. Uh, keep keeping on. Keep keeping on. Yeah. Or something. I like that. That's what the kids say. You can reach us on Twitter at the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. You can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website, which includes the archives of the show, is thesim.podbean.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page that is at the simpod, all one word. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play. Uh, leave us some ratings, leave us some reviews. Tell us what your favorite beer it's, it's of the season has been. We're going to barbecue later. Uh, most likely what do you recommend to go with uh, awesome. a good hot so, dog or hamburger? For, of course, I'd probably be sitting out there listening to a podcast, but I'll spare you all with another podcast recommendation. Uh, we're going to recommend a beverage today. Um, it's a beer I've been enjoying for the last number of years, ever since I found it. Um, might be only available in Ontario, but we'll see. It's called uh, Buzz Beer. It's by Cool Brewery, so C-O-O-L. Um, kind of an awful name, uh, but they're down in uh, Toronto. Um, buzz beer comes in four packs, which is great. So it's nice and cheap. Um, and, uh, I like the, um, the one made with hemp. It's like an amber lager, but it's really crisp and, um, and dry. Um, it's my favorite, like all season beer. Like you can have, uh, and it's rare that you find an amber that you can kind of have out in the direct sunlight, you know? So yeah, that's one of mine. So, uh, from Matt's beer, um, I actually have two recommendations. Uh, They kind of go hand in hand, I think. Uh, The first one is a book. um, It's an interview by Roger Chartier, who interviews Pierre Bourdieu. Uh, The book is The Sociologist and the Historian, Um, although I'm not sure which one's which. They (laughs) they both kind of play that role. Um, Really interesting. The the interview happened in 1988, but the book uh, has just been released um, I like, you know, I got this a couple weeks ago. Um, I guess it was published in 2015, but I had a hard time getting a hold of it. Well, it's rare that you get like these new Bordeaux, right? Well, well, that's just it. This one, uh, is published by Polity, um, takes the form of an interview style. So the, the book isn't very thick, but oh boy, do they cover a lot of ground. Oh, uh, they go through Bordeaux's kind of key tenants, but also, uh, you know, how Bordeaux sees history, the... Uh, the need for history, how history is practiced. Um, so I highly recommend that. That's the sociologist and the historian. 
Would you um would you recommend that for like a primer before like delving into the C that is Budia? You know, I get that question a lot. How how do you open up Bold Zero? Where do you start? There is really no good starting place for Bold Zero. I feel like you need to jump into it. Uh, and eventually, over the course of your reading experience with him, things are going to start to click. He doesn't do as good a job as some uh, contemporary writers of explaining where he's going with concepts. So you get the you get the gist of it if you read one. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit more if you read two or three. So you know you just have to kind of go with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, where I started with it with Bold Zero was his work uh, Distinction. Uh, okay. Which gave me like you know kind of a, a glimpse into how um, how he writes, uh, but also the sort of where the, these ideas are coming from. Um, so yeah, but um, if you wanted to use this as a as a primer, you could. Mm-hmm. But if you also want to use it to understand Bolzir a bit better. Kind of revisit, yeah. Yeah, and it's not very long, so. Yeah. I might um, actually borrow that if you're not reading it right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my second recommendation, this is why they kind of go together uh, with Matt's and the Bolzir. I am going to recommend a whiskey. Now. I need a new whiskey, man. Well, my, the, okay. Mine has increased in price $25 in the last like four years. Well, so, so have mine. Um, now, there are, a lot, fine taste. there are a lot of good whiskeys <laughs> out there. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be recommending something that you've never tasted before. Um, however, I do find that for some reason, the stock that is out is just exceptional. And that's the Glenlivet 12 single malt. Really? Um, I don't know why, but, you know, Glenlivet's I've been drinking eh, maybe for 10, 12, yeah, 13 it, years. It's a great standard sort of scotch. Like you can get it at a bar and like it's going to be tasty it's, and stuff. You yeah. know you're going to get something good with it. I'm a Glenlivet guy. Now, the last bottle I bought was maybe five or six years ago. And that lasted me mm, about a year, year and a half. And I, I you know, I, I was adventurous. Seriously? I got into Seriously, it lasted you a year, a year and a half? Yeah. yeah. Really? Well, I have Bottles like, of scotch do not last in my cupboard. Well, when you go one for one, but yeah. I usually have four or five on the go. So, ah. so, um, so anyway, tip for a um, listener. <laughs> so uh, last December, January, somewhere around that, they had this thing on sale, 12 years. I said, oh, you know what? I'll just get it. I did. I hadn't cracked it open. I cracked it open last week and oh my God, mm. it is delicious. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what they did different, but I guess, uh, since the last time I bought a bottle, it's just been a really good, uh season for making whiskey just to let you know phil i take my scotch with a single ice cube made out of distilled water yeah um matt you can find the distilled water right up <laughs> over by the you know where to find the distilled <laughs> you sit on a natural spring come on get out of here <laughs> all right uh i think that's a wrap for the show if you've liked anything that we've said please subscribe please give us a rating and review um if you want to get into contact with us, you can do so uh, on Twitter. We are at the Simpod. That's the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. You can send us an email at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, other podcatcher, apps and websites uh, and all that good stuff. Please listen. Um, give us your comments. Matt, what do you got for us today? The more input I brought in a couple of books today. Um, um, one of them is one of the best books I've ever read in the last, say, five years. It's a so, tall feat. It is a tall feat. I read uh, not as many books as I should, I think, actually. I need to start getting into more reading. So this is probably why we're doing recommendations here. Um, so the first book that I brought in is called 1491, All Numbers. 
and it's by Charles C. Mann. I'm passing it over to Phil so he can look at it. That's M-A-N-N. M-A-N-N. Um, and it's basically, in every positive sense of the word, it's like revisionist archaeology. I'm pretty sure the author was a science journalist. Um, so he is a non-archaeologist, so he kind of writes really well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like based, the premise of the book is um, the history of North, Central, and South America up to the uh, year before Columbus arrived. And the end of the book kind of touches on the start of colonialization. Um, and then his follow-up book is actually called 1493, and it's uh, the history of colonialization. How do you say that, Phil? Do you? I always struggle with that word. Colonialization. Col Colonization. Col Colonization. Colonial. Col colonial times. Colonial times. So it's like uh, medieval times. Yeah, colonization. Colonization. Yeah. Yeah. So it's what a, else you got for us? Uh, another book um, is kind of uh, a little bit different. It's a, a work of fiction um, by Albert Camus, one of my favorite authors. Camus. Camus C A M U S. Um, many people, if they're saying this is a first book to read by Camus, you might recommend The Stranger, which I also recommend. Absolutely. Um, but this book is, uh, that I brought in is called The Plague. And I really like it as somebody who studied medical anthropology because it um, kind of blends uh, how society can collapse from an uh, epidemic. Um, and also um, Camus is considered to be an existentialist so he uses this his works of fiction to put forth philosophical arguments and uh were those picked simultaneously like who, did you think about them before picking them um well 1491 for sure because as i said it's one of the best books i've read in a number of years but uh camus i just saw it on my bookshelf and uh, snagged it because like it's filler seems like uh the 15th late 15th century there and Camus go well together the plague oh with, oh oh because Spaniards brought plague to well, uh the peoples that they uh, they, they had some traded rough, with they had some rough times there <laughs> yeah well i mean that's that's one interpretation um yeah i guess they're somewhat connected <laughs> yeah a bit <laughs> a little bit of synergy there um have you read either one of them i know you haven't read 1491 because no. i asked you before no i haven't read that and actually i haven't read the plague by camus that seems something uh really? yeah it's not uh it's on my bookshelf now as matt passes it awesome. off phil i will i will <laughs> i will consume that for sure um and, and for i will say with the um plague i actually uh listened to it before i read it um so there's some good audio um uh what what would you say? Like audiobooks? Audiobooks, yeah. Audio recordings of uh, The Plague. Um, and if you are looking for a free option rather than going to like audible.com, um, uh, Levervox. Do you know what that is? Levervox? Uh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Levervox. Yeah. I think it's L-I-B. Libra. L-I-B-R-I. Yep. Vox. Um, they have any book that's in the public domain. Um, they have volunteers who read them out loud. So if you don't want to read a book or if you're on... Um, a bus right now, yeah, perhaps. Maybe, maybe good for you transit. Could, yeah, and they have a really easy to use app as well. So sweet. Do you have a third recommendation? Um, not for books. I think we'll settle down on my recommendations. But I highly recommend again, uh, fourteen ninety one by Charles C. Mann and uh, the Plague by Albert Camus. And uh, we're gonna post some links in the show notes uh, to those books uh, where you can get them. 
Um, I want to talk to you about a podcast that I've been listening to. It's it's going to reveal kind of my nerdy side. Uh, it's called Star Trek: The Next Conversation, uh, and that's uh, with Matt Meyer and Andrew Secunda. And uh, so I. I I dabble in Star Trek. I really a, like would it. Would you call yourself a Trekkie? Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, my wife and I enjoy rewatching old uh, old episodes of the originals, and now we've gotten into the next generation. So this podcast is like a weekly um, overview of each episode. Uh, and Matt Meyer is absolutely hilarious. Andrew Secunda, eh, you know, he he's he's pretty good too. Um, and uh, contrary to how most people get involved with this podcast. Um, I didn't listen to The Nerdist before encountering Matt Myra. So I started listening to the Star Trek Next, Gen- Next Conversation. Oh, so Matt Myra's from The Nerdist? Matt Myra's, I've heard of The Nerdist. Yeah, Matt Myra's from The Nerdist, which I have listened to since, which is another great podcast. Um, but uh, Matt Myra and his wife... Um, do Aww. another podcast. It, it, yeah. So, so but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you and your wife. <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that for another, for another time. <laughs> so okay, I, okay. So I have too many questions about your uh, oh, trekkiness. Oh, um, so first, I find it rather interesting that uh, you're being um, escorted into becoming more of a trekkie because of your guided, wife. guided, Walk, walked through. Um, guided. In this guiding, are uh, you being dragged by your wrist? No, no, she's no I'm going like freely. Vulcan neck pinch? No, I'm, I'm no? <laughs> no, I'm going freely in the Star Trek journey. You know, <laughs> since we started watching, I've picked up uh, two nitpicker guides. Um, what are these like nerd manuals? To, yeah, like find inconsistencies in the Absolutely. physics. Absolutely. So, like, <laughs> so the episodes that I love the most is uh, you know going down to the mechanical room, looking at the what's date- the mechanical room? Well, the engine room, the engine oh, bay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like oh, so so when you started watching these uh, or listening to these, did you start with the the original series? Yeah. And, so and we started. Yeah. We, yeah. We started with the original Star Trek, and then we made our way into um, the next next gen. And uh, which time we stopped watching the originals, although like you know the originals have great characters, good plot development. We we wanted to see some Q. Q. What is a Q? Q? So if, if if you if you know if you've <laughs> watched Star a, Trek, I'm barely uh, a Star Warsian <laughs> or whatever those people. Are oh, called. you did not just do that. What We're I, talking about Star Trek, not yeah, Star yeah. Wars. No, but I said oh, two I, different things. Okay, well, wow. We are this up is, alone in the woods here. There's yeah, nobody else is, around for yeah. miles. So, so I'm sorry. So, I'll take that back right now. So Q <laughs> is kind of like a um, omnipotent, omnipresent uh, species of being. Who is absolutely fantastic in the form of man? Yes. Is well, he you Jesus can take Christ. Take any form he wants. Is he Jesus Christ? No. Okay. No. You can take any form. Go like, on. We're we're posts. Go on. on. <laughs> Come on. Stay stay with us here. So that's Q. We wanted to see Q, but then we also really wanted to watch the episodes of the Borg, and the Borg is uh, a key element in Star Trek. Uh, so. Anyway, we, we don't need to get into Star Trek too much, but... Can oh. you, actually, can you please take the time to explain what the Borg is to me? May, because I've I've heard of this and I don't actually know. Is that like... Yeah, please, I, I have no idea. Well, uh, okay, so simply put, the Borg is an entity that lives far beyond the neutral zone. So far beyond uh, like the galaxies. Neutral? Yeah, so far yeah. beyond the galaxies that are, you know, habitually toured by the enterprise okay uh, and the borg uh, is coming to to 
basically consume them. So they're they're an entity that consumes all other species and life forms, drags them in, and they I think their political kind of view is that they can form one strong united entity or species. Uh, but in so doing, they they destroy everything in their path. So, so like one, so they're Unitarians. No, they're like they're 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 made out to be pretty like they're baddies. They're the, the, the they're, baddies. They're baddies. They're baddies. And like so, one, so is it a democracy versus dictatorship sort of situation? Well, would you say because of the oneness of the Borg? The uh, see the thing is, you have to watch Star Trek. Like these lines are blurred. So like the idea of like the democracy or a dictatorship is very human. Mm. And there's other life forms, other species that live on different levels of consciousness that don't necessarily follow those same rules. Have you ever seen Firefly? No, no I don't no? think I have. Really? Oh, it's got like this insane cult following. It's like a newer, in that sense, it's a, like a newer version of Star Trek. Oh. And uh, the things that Reavers, they're called, and oh. they're like these cannibalistic um badasses that live out on the edges of the known galaxy right and um the premise of firefly is um two languages uh, exist in the future english and like cantonese or mandarin one of the okay. two and so everyone but then everybody has gone and colonized these outer planets cuz they have terraforming technology now um but they've adopted like a cowboyness so it's like all like frontier frontier sort of stuff um, and that's what the board kind of reminds me of is oh, these okay. reverse, except for the cannibalism, I guess. You realize, uh, someone out there is going to email ch- us with a very nasty comment, oh, how really? we don't, oh, no. how, how we didn't understand these things. Somebody's listening to this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I would have to agree. I probably got some stuff wrong about Star Trek. I think Star so Trek. too. That's, that's interesting. We'll have to return to Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so we'll treat, we'll treat this as my education into the world of Star Trek right. without me watching any episodes. Although I, I have seen like when I was a, a youngster, um, Star Trek ne- next generation was yeah. producing new episodes. So like that was something that you watched on like right. whatever Wednesday night at eight. Yeah. Um, so I have some favorites there and I appreciate it. I also, two of my uncles were like, hardcore Trekkie guys like way For back sure. in the day so um like i remember one christmas i it must have been where one of them got the other one the klingon dictionary and i was like i was like eight and i'm like you can learn klingon that's like, a thing wow absolutely <laughs> all right well Maybe we'll come back to it. We'll come uh, back to Star but Trek if, on another day. But that was just a dose of what is about. If, if, if you have comments, uh, be they uh, Please good. stop. <laughs> no, don't stop. Send them to us. Uh, email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. You can tweet us your comments at the underscore S-I-M underscore pod, P-O-D, on Twitter, the Simpod. Uh Send us send us your your comments about our recommendations. Again, that's um, fourteen ninety one um, by Charles C. Mann. By Charles C. Mann, and, and I got the second edition in front of me. Oh, it's it has a <laughs> has a pretty cover. Maybe maybe we'll post a picture of the cover. And uh, Albert uh, Albert Camus' The Plague, uh, two books recommended by Matt. Buy uh, that. Uh, buy The Plague in a used bookstore. Support your independent booksellers. Absolutely, whenever possible. And if you want to listen to a podcast that is much more intelligent than I 
will ever be about Welcome Star back, Trek. That's guys. Matt Meyer really here. Uh, Aaron stuck around with me, and we have some recommendations for you. Uh, Aaron, uh, what do you have for us uh, this week? Sure. Uh, so this week, uh, I thought I'd give a recommendation for a board game. That's... Love love my board games. Yeah, this is, this is a really good uh, cooperative board game with a potential trader mechanic built in. Uh, okay. The game is called uh, Dead of Winter. Nice. Crossroads yeah. game. Um, the designers are, uh, Jonathan Gilmore and Isaac Vega. Uh, and the game essentially is a, a, it's got an element of survival tinge to it. (laughs) Okay. Right. Uh, but you're basically a colony of survivors in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, it's good with more, you can play it with two people, I believe, but it's good with multiple players. Yeah. Like the trader mechanic, uh, from experience doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't work with two. Yeah, Yeah. No, no. So you want probably at least four people to play, I think, is, okay. a, is a good number. Um, and the way it works is you each have, you have different um, survivors uh, in your hand that you can play each round, and they'll have different sort of skills and abilities uh, that you can utilize. Some of them might be really fast, some of them might be really good shots, some of them might be strong, and basically your objective is to fulfill a broader mission. So each time you play the game, you draw a big kind of overarching mission plan that you have to carry out. But you as a player will also have an individual mission, which could be, you know, it could be like gathering X number of supplies. It could be having so many survivors. Um, And it is possible that you might actually end up with a mission that involves harming or just like taking out other players and destroying the colony, right? So that's the trader trader mechanic. Uh, It's a really good, it's a really fun game. Uh, it's a game that has a nice mixture of storytelling in it. Um, it's got an action point system, so you kind of have to think nice, about how nice. you want to play each turn. Um, and card management too, right? So you're yep. picking up different items and cards and you got to think about the best way to kind of play those as it goes out. And there's a little bit of an element of exploring too because you basically have to explore different sites around the colony for supplies. And so that's kind of the biggest mechanic of the game is that to keep the colony going, to keep it fed, to keep it warm, to solve various crises that might come up in a game, you have to sort of sca- um, scavenge from these other buildings that are close by. And that actually leads to probably the neatest part, I think is one of the neatest part of these games, is that every round you play, there's a crisis. And the crisis could be a whole, it could be that you've run out of fuel, for instance. Right, okay. Yeah. And so as a team, you need to resolve the crisis. And oh, if, neat. Okay. If you don't resolve yep. it, uh, what generally happens is your panic goes up, and if you get too many panic points, or sorry, it's not panic, it's like more, more morale. Your morale goes down, and you lose morale too much, you you fail. Yeah. Or you also end up with more zombies on the board. So, basically, you need to try to resolve the crisis, and the way you do it is you put in, say, you are running low on fuel, so you have to get seven fuel cards. Well, each player has to, at the end of the round, has an opportunity to put cards towards resolving the crisis but they put their cards face down and you shuffle it. So, so you don't know you don't which know who's, player is playing which cards. You don't know who's played oh, what. And okay. so you might fail the crisis and that sucks. And then the added, the added reality is that someone decided to screw you over in the group. So right, right, right. it's really good at kind of creating the suspicion and also having kind of a neat kind of role-playing element. So. Um, in your experience, how, how long does it take to play a game? Uh, you should probably put a good amount of time aside for the first playthrough. Um, just getting people sort of to understand the action point system takes, takes a lot of time. I'd say if you're playing with four people, 
it wouldn't be unreasonable to put aside two and a half hours. Two and a half, okay. For the first play, and then yep. maybe more closer to two on the second. But it also depends. It can end really fast if things go wrong. Yeah. I mean, um, just from my experience playing co-op games, the ones that have the more extended rules, like uh, Dead of Winter, uh, one of my favorite, Robinson Crusoe, it does take a while to, to play through the games. Just multiple yeah, exactly. rounds, multiple things going on. Um, storytelling, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, who puts out that game? Uh, so that game is available uh, from a number of different publishers, but I have my version from Plaid Hat. Uh, so that might be the Canadian distributor. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. And then there's also Arclight. So those are the, I think the top kind of two in the North, maybe in the North American yeah, market. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So look those up, but there's, there's actually, it's one of those games that seems to have a lot of publishers. Yeah. So, uh, my recommendation for this week, uh, is a little different. Uh, I'm actually going to recommend, uh, a podcast kind of community. Uh, I think it's, I think that's the right, the right kind of term. Um, I encountered them on Twitter, uh, and they go, uh, it kind of goes by the hashtag, uh, Pottern family. Uh, but they also have a Facebook group and a Facebook page and that kind of stuff. Um, basically what it is, is, uh, you know, a community of independent podcasters who support each other, uh, offer advice, um, promote each other. And over the last few weeks, we've been engaging with them on our Twitter and our Facebook, and they've been really great to nice. us. Um, so lots of, uh, you know, other Canadian podcasts uh, have uh, liked us, friended us, retweeted our stuff, uh, you know, got in contact with us, offered us some really good uh, feedback. Um, so yeah, it's the hashtag Pottern Family. Uh, for any other podcasters out there looking uh, to get noticed or, you know, uh, I've seen just questions on the forums as well. Um, you know, an example, I have X number of followers after four months of podcasting. Is this normal? Uh, should I be doing something different? Um, we're going to throw up a question uh, very soon, a technical question uh, about some sound glitches that we had on our last episode. Right. Um, so, you know... Well, it's like a great network. It, it, you know, it's it's new, uh, you know, this whole podcasting business to us. But So when we find a, a, a community that is inviting, uh, it's fun. It's fun to be involved in, in this uh, collaborative, in this collaborative sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, like we help each other out. And what, what I find really interesting on Potter and Family anyway, the podcasts are very varied in their topics. So you have podcasts that cover movies, you have podcasts that cover current affairs, you have horror story podcasts, uh, campfire kind Neat. of story podcasts, you have us, uh, you have lots of sports, uh, any sport you can think of, hockey, basketball, baseball, wrestling, uh, there's outdoor living, there's uh, yoga, there's, uh, you know, podcasting has really uh, become a thing, uh, anybody can do it, mm. uh, lots of people do it, and uh, you know, I, I, I always like uh, hearing the everyday man story or the everyday kind of person story. And I think podcasting is a f fantastic medium to do that. And um, anyway. Cool. Pottern Family allows you to join that community. Check that out. Yeah. Um, so speaking of communities, you can join our little micro community on uh, social media. Uh, and we are on Twitter at the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. You can email us at semiintellectual at gmail.com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice. Again, thank you, Aaron, for joining us. Thanks for having me. And see you all next time. Open your heart, man. You're so free to roam. Get